Welcome to the Anecdotal Affairs from the Wonder Wound Nurse and Beyond. This podcast gives insight into the world of labor and delivery nursing. Join me as I share funny stories, explore spirituality, discuss health and wellness, provide updates on current events in the field of obstetrics, and shed light on the adversities faced by nurses, especially travel. Through a combination of roundtable discussion, interview, and solo shows, I aim to raise awareness, advocate for important causes, share my own personal experiences, inspire, build community, offer support, entertain, have fun, educate, and foster meaningful discussions. Welcome. Today, I'd like to talk about the complexities of human relationships and our expectations on others. In um, my case, I'd like to talk about how that actually merges all of my, I'm not going to call them personalities, we'll call them all of my compartments, my compartment as a mother, my compartment as a nurse, my compartment as a woman. But this does appease men also, because there are men who are nurses, there are men who are empaths, there are men who do the same. So we want to discuss how this actually impacts our lives, how this cultural influence and the expectations um, kind of merge together, what that actually means. You know, expectations often have roots in our upbringing and our cultures and our influences and our past experience and in our professional life. Um, I know in my case, as an empath, as a nurse, you're giving yourself, you're giving of yourself at least 12 hours of your day, three days a week. That's probably almost half of your week. You're giving of yourself. And then if you add into that being a mother or being a wife or being a friend or being a sister or being a daughter, you basically are taking your whole week and impacting other people's lives, being positive and, and giving to other people. So how do you balance expecting that in return? Where is that fine line where we expect everybody else to do the same? So let's start talking about how this impacts in your personal life. So you are a mother, you are a daughter, you are a sister, you are a wife. Um, all of these different roles, and I'm sure that you four, if, if you're just like me and you're listening to this show, uh, like people, you know, um, you pour just as much into them. So where is that? Where is that happy medium? Where is that boundary setting? I personally do have difficulties with some boundaries when it comes to that. Um, and I do get tripped up a little bit on expectations. You know, I believe in God and God always brings me back when I start looking at what the lesson is in a situation or when I feel that an expectation hasn't been met or when there's no, the reciprocity is not there. I sometimes have to stop and control all delete so that I can look at God and, and ask him what my lesson is in this. And it, it's always, you know, the same thing I, there. I, there's a couple of things that always play the same in my head. Be still and know that I am God and I'm going to take care of it. Peace, be still, just claim peace over your life and basically pour into your own cup do a hard stop, set, put a boundary setting and say, okay, this is my body. This is my temple. I need to reset myself. I need to pour into my own cup. 
And, you know, sometimes that happens in friendships. You ever talk to a friend and you just feel exhausted after you talk to him because you've given them your all. And then you get off the phone. You're like, darn, how come I feel like this is so one-sided? Actually, a Pew Research Group found that 53% of Americans believe that it is important for their close friends to have similar political and social views. What a big expectation. Over half of the people expect that the other person is going to have the same and views politically and socially. And it also goes on to say that this desire for ideological sameness can contribute to strained relationships. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine expecting everybody to follow my political and social views or even spiritual views or my views on life. I that's a that's a hard expectation, but in the interim, sometimes we do expect it. Sometimes we do expect for our friends to, you know, you're telling them your problem and I've adopted a new way. You know, a friend calls me, I have a problem. I've adopted a system that works for me because I'm real quick to give you advice and help you fix the problem. So I've adopted a new system where I just sit back and say, do you need advice or do you just want me to listen? Do you need help with the problem coming up with a solution or do you just want to kick back and, and get it off of your chest so that you can feel better. And this way you're setting an intention and an expectation is not, it's not a, a, a issue because if someone calls me and says, Hey, I have a problem. And you, they start talking and getting their problem out. And you say, Oh, you know what? You should do a B and C because I did it. And da, 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 da. And you start going on and on about the conversation when they turn around and don't do it. You feel bad because here you have wasted, you feel wasted time in giving them all this advice and they don't follow it. But in reality, did they want that advice? So I think that making a clear intention on the conversation may, you know, on a social problem can uh, stop that expectation that it, it limits the expectation that you may have on that conversation. If you ask ahead of time, hey, do you just want me to listen? And the person says, yeah, I really don't need advice. I just need to get it off my chest. Then you can't expect for them to follow anything that you say if you do add something to it because they have already told you what their needs were. It's it's about making that need known. This is a big thing in relationships too. Uh, according to a study published in the Journal for Ma Marriage and Family, Unrealistic expectations for similarity and personality traits are associated with lower relationship satisfactions and higher divorce rates. But it also says in um, a research study at the Goffman Institute that couples who work actively to understand and appreciate each other's differences are more likely to have strong and lasting relationships. So let's talk about how this impacts your life. If, well, I'm going to actually include the life as a caregiver here. And, and probably in all of these different areas, because I think that a person who takes on the responsibility of being a social person, somebody who's in public, a, a people person, a uh, you take on that responsibility and you're putting your everything into it. As a nurse, you put, like I said, uh, 12 hours a day, three days a week. That's a probably about half of your, approximately about half your week into helping other people. And then you come home and your husband doesn't take out the trash or you dye your hair and he doesn't notice that you've dyed it or 
he there's an accusation of something that you didn't do and you thought that he knew you better or you know anything that the the house isn't clean the kids don't get to there's no scheduling for the week and and you expect that other person to be at the same level because you've given so much and i think that it's a part of exhaustion too on the nurse actually i saw another study uh survey from the american journal of nursing that found that 82% of nurses have experienced symptoms of burnout at some point in their career so i wonder how much of that has to do with the combination or the actual whole totality of your whole life you know your life as a mother your life as a wife your life as a daughter your life as a friend and then you add in your nursing where you're giving so much of your time and we're not setting that heavy intention on ourselves. I know that I, I just recently started practicing yoga. Um, it's actually been very, very, very enlightening. Uh, I, I use the, the blocks. I use the releasing. Um, uh, I follow this young lady on YouTube and she's amazing. You know, she doesn't speak in the video, the video is pre-recorded and it's basically just her demonstrating the poses with a narrator in the background. And I kind of like that format. So that's what I stuck with. I have had the other videos that I've watched where somebody is actually dictating at the same time that they're doing the poses and I can't follow it as well. And I have to honestly say that I have felt a huge release in, in yoga, especially when I'm really stressed out of, of I just came off a four day stretch, which is why I'm late this week for my podcast. And um, I did yoga this morning when I woke up and I felt oh, I could take on the world. You know, I, I released so much. Uh, actually, a, a girlfriend of mine from my old hospital was the one that got me into it. Just watching one of her videos and her talking about the emotional release triggered me to want to do it. And she was right. As soon as I did that pigeon pose, I just started boohoo crying. Child's pose makes me cry every time. There are certain positions that, or like if you're working with blocks, as you get a little bit more into yoga and you start working with blocks, you'll see that there's more of emotional release. I know for, I, I'm not really too sure for men. I'm assuming that men hold it mostly in their chest. Women is in our hips. And when you use the blocks, especially around your hip area, you can feel a sudden release of emotion especially if you're swaying back and forth and moving those hips on the blocks, I, I feel an, an immediate release and start crying. But then I feel better afterwards. And whatever the problem was that I had prior becomes very little, very, very little. I mean, you know, this also goes with my faith too. You know, I just pray to God to ask him, what is a, the lesson behind a situation? You know, that I call it Jesus smack. Sometimes I just have to get smacked. If I am thinking too much about something, there's a lesson to be learned. If it keeps replaying in my head, and I'm not sure if that's the same for everybody, but if it keeps replaying in my head, then there's a lesson to be learned. And that was what prompted this po podcast because expectations is something that we hold to our heart. We hold it real tight on our chest. We expect for people to match the energy around us. And sometimes that doesn't happen. But the part that we don't understand is that you are you for a reason. You are you because you're either a social worker, you're a nurse, you're a, a public official, you're you for a reason. But sometimes we put that expectation that everybody around us has to match that energy. And, and that's not the case. Not all the time anyway. You know, people have the, the 
the benefit of free will because it's given to us all. And the lesson that's to be learned is that maybe not that they're acting out of place, but maybe you're acting out of the expectation. Maybe you're acting out of your box. You're, uh, we are expecting a lot more than we should be. Um, not that it's a bad thing either. You know, I don't claim anybody should be abusing anybody else. That's not what I'm saying at all. If you are in a situation with abuse, then yes, you need to get out. If you're in a situation where you're being abused, you need to go. Um, you need to, safety is always first. So there is, there may be an expectation that somebody does the right thing when it comes to uh, keeping you safe. And if they're abusing of you, if there's physical abuse, then no, that's not okay. You have to keep yourself safe. Now there's a difference. You can pray over that expectation after you're gone, after you've made yourself safe, you and your family have pushed yourself away and made yourself safe. There. There is a part where you can pray for that person's forgiveness. And, you know, for me, I just realized that forgiveness has more to do with what God has done for me. And, but this is just me. And I, I made many may agree and many may not agree, but forgiveness has more to do with what God has done for me than me actually giving that person a get out of jail free card. It, it just does. I see that I've done. X, Y, Z in my life. And it may not have been the road that I was supposed to be on. I've diverted and gone, you know, taken a detour on another road because I thought it was going to be easier or I wanted to make my life harder. I've had both instances happen. Right. And I have forgiven. I have been forgiven. There's a, I have been forgiven because I have been put eventually back on the right path. So regardless of what your higher power is, there's some type of forgiveness or some type of coming back that you have had. And when you're forgiving another person for something that they've done in this case, being an expectation that they haven't met, you have done X, Y, and Z, and they haven't done A, B, and C. And that expectation, that, that forgiveness that you're giving that person has more to do with the fact that you have been forgiven than the fact that you are giving them a jail out of free, get out of jail free card. I get it. Some people may agree and we can agree to disagree all the time. I'm putting it out there because there are people who want to know. There are people who are perplexed about the situation and want a solution or a resolution or just a, a, a word of advice that they can build off of. Because again, advice is something that you can build off of. It's a foundation. It's one brick. Somebody gives you advice. It's one brick. You have three friends that give you advice. That's three bricks. Out of those three bricks, bricks you can build your own foundation of what that looks like, what, you know, what the outcome of that is. So now you're probably saying, well, what about the expectation that other people have on us? Um, yeah. Some, and, and, and I know in nursing, there is a profound commitment for nurses to do the right thing and always help. Right. That's why you get into nursing, but people outside have an expectation that you're going to do that. Nursing is often described as a profession driven by ethics and compassion. We've always heard this all throughout. Look at Florence Nightingale. Look at all, you know, the, in history, historically, what nurses do. So an American Nursing Association survey said that 89% of nurses believe that doing what's right is the most important aspect of the job. We put that on ourselves as well as not so much that the expectation that people put on us, but we put that on ourselves as well. So with one plus two, would that kind of 
bleed off into the other areas of life where if we're taking that almost 90% doing what's right is the most important aspect of our job, do we bleed that into other areas of our life and, and kind of trickle it as to and thinking that everybody around us has to do what we expect. Um, nurses are entrusted with a profound responsibility to always help and do the right thing. So does it make it harder if you're a nurse to put around you healthy boundaries when it comes to the expectations of others? You know, and then there are some things that are really serious. Like I said, you know, before, obviously if you're being abused, that's not okay. And, and there are, you know, other things, it, it's probably too broad of a talk, topic to discuss, like, you know, infidelity and, and just uh, financial abuse or, you know, but there are little things that we could discuss, like narcissism. I, I think that this is a big topic for me because narcissism, I think we all have a bit of narcissism. I think we are all a small, tiny bit narcissistic in our own way. And the major thing, like I said, the topic of this discussion is the expectation. Isn't it not a bit narcissistic for you to expect for somebody else to do A, B, or C or B, A, B, and C? That is kind of narcissistic. So if you're starting off that way and then you find three or four different other traits, you, you may you may want to consider that that narcissism is is a big deal. So, you know, it does have a big impact on our lives. And, and like I said, going back, I know as a nurse, it's very difficult to make that separation. It's like, you know, like I said, you know, 78% of the world, according to a Gallup poll, believe that nurses are the most trustworthy professionals in the healthcare industry. We spend, like I said, 12 hours a day on our feet. We're addressing patients' needs. We're, we're doing A, B, and C. I just, you know, sometimes it's, it's, a, it's a big deal. Uh, sometimes it's a big deal and a big impact our lives and it may bleed into other areas of our lives. So then, you know, what do you do with, you know, the high rate of burnout, you know, you go home, you pour everything into your children, everything that you have, you pour into your children and they can't even bring you back or do for you. Not that they're supposed to, but they can't do some of the similar things for you that for them, it, it, like I said, it's mind boggling. It's just like, where does it end? How can you separate that expectation, that boundary setting? It's hard. I'm not going to lie to you. It's hard. I say pour into yourself first. When you start seeing that pouring into other people is making you feel more and more, making that expectation thing stronger and stronger, sometimes it's that control alt delete and start pouring back into yourself. Whoever your higher source is, let that come let that, you know, build up in you because the more you start pouring into somebody else and expecting an expectation and that expectation gets stronger and builds and stronger and stronger and stronger, and you're not getting it back, that reciprocity back, your cup is going to be empty. And before you know it, you're going to be sitting there and with this empty cup thinking, wow, but I was just so happy. I had all of this energy to pour into everybody else. I didn't get it in return. And now I'm sad. Boohoo, you're sad because you didn't pour back into your own cup. That's probably the first and foremost. In the last three years, I've had huge revelations in, about my life. There's been, you know, a lot of tosses and turns, and, and I was kind of 
taken through the waves back and forth. Some of them I was very resistant to and others, I'm just like, okay, God, take me wherever I need to go. I, you know, I'm done. I'm done holding on. I surrender all of this to you. I'm surrendering all these problems to you because it's a lot easier and your load is heavier. My load needs to be lighter. And that's what you expect for me. And, um, as I, I went through all these different revelations, one of the biggest ones was pouring into myself. You know, I love me. You have to love yourself first. A friend once told me, somebody's only going to love you to the level that they love themselves. So if that's true, then I'm a very lovable person to everybody because I love myself. But imagine those people who are the unlovable, the ones that just don't give out love, the ones that are emotionally unavailable. What does that mean? Does it mean that they don't love themselves? It could quite be. Maybe they don't, but you don't know. You're not going to know. And who's to say that the love that you're pouring into them is going to make them love themselves more. So, so put a boundary. If the love that you're pouring into them is not making themselves love themselves more, I probably tripped over my words there at some point, but if it doesn't make them love themselves more then think, then give it to God or give it to your higher power or just surrender the problem period. Stop giving into somebody else and just give it back to yourself because you know what? You deserve it. You deserve it. If you're a healthcare provider, whether you're a social political person, whether you're a social worker, whoever you are, you deserve it. I don't care if you stay at home and take care of children all day long, you're still giving everything of you and sometimes receiving less and you set an expectation and you get put down or, you know, gets put under, you still deserve it to be poured back into you. So do it yourself or let your higher power do it for you. For me, it's God. God will always pour into my cup. I say when somebody does not conform or act the way they're, they're, that I expect them to or that I have expected them to, first of all, I have to surrender it. I have to release them. I have to forgive it. But it's not God's fault. It is not your higher power's fault that things are not going right in your life. It's not. You know, in my faith, it says he's going to lead me through troubled waters. He didn't say that the waters aren't going to be troubled. He said he's going to lead me through troubled waters. So what does that tell me? There's going to be troubled waters. He's already saying it. Hey, I'm preparing you because there's going to be some troubled waters. But guess what? Guess who's going to be there for you? It's me. You know, I, I just going back. I, and like I said, I don't like to get and I don't want to get on a biblical soapbox, but there. Like I said, because this podcast was derived from a situation in my life that had happened where I put an expectation because I was very good to somebody, I um I started looking into different scriptures. And in um, Genesis 11, it talks about humanity's desire for uniformity, and it led to confusion and a diversion in God's, a, a, a division in uh, God, and he scattered everybody. He just, like he said, okay, you know what, you guys, it's not about you guys getting along. You, we, you have a desire to get along, but you have to understand that everybody's an individual. So I'm going to scatter everybody. And I started looking at verses that, you know, kind of went back, you know, like to, to what my point was. And, um, in Psalms 139, 13 and 14, it says, for you are created in, in my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. And I praise you because I am fearlessly and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. And I know that full well. And it brings, like I said, it, it, it chokes me every time I hear it because he says that, and that's a person speaking for you created me in my inmost being. 
you created me. So that means that everybody is, can say this. Everybody has the ability to say that. So that means we're individuals because we're, we're all created in his image and his, you know, and his being, you know, um, acts to people came from various backgrounds together and each had their own unique gifts and abilities and, and lived together. And, you know, I think that's a beautiful thing. I, I think that we sometimes don't see the, in, the, the individuality of people and the fact that we can all come together as one in nursing. You know, we expect a lot of our um, coworkers to do the same as, as we do. You know, sometimes we expect too much. Uh, we don't all have the same roots and upbringings and cultural similarities, you know, together. Um, we have an expectation of our, our institution here. Here's another soapbox. So as a nurse as a healthcare provider you have an expectation of your uh, institution to not give you pizza if they you know if, if something's going wrong you don't have that you have that expectation that they're going to do more they're going to step up and then they turn around and give you a pizza and i'm using that as a funny example because we all joke about the fact, I don't want to hear a bunch of crap coming back to me about, oh, you said that institutions only give you pizza. You know what? Everybody jokes around about it. So whatever. Um, but it's true. You know, uh, a gift card or, or something, you know, we all have that expectation sometimes. And I'm good. This is another good one. You work 364 days of the year and Christmas comes up and you're expecting your company to give you something for Christmas and you get a $50 gift card. How do you feel? Where other, and then you hear about, you know, your friends who work at the hospital right down the street and they got a $150 uh, bonus in their check. You know, I, I guess the expectation that we set on our healthcare institutions is that they're going to give back into us what we give to them three days a week. But we get paid for it. So are we really being fair when we ask for them to give us something extra? Yes and no. Because I, I'm going to tell you that during COVID, we busted our humps. We we busted. We were busted. We were taking care of COVID patients. We were out there. We weren't told, hey, you know, maybe we're going to limit. We're going to make a unit and it's only going to be certain nurses. No. The expectation that they had on us was that we were going to take it. When the FDA came out and all of these vaccines started coming out, the expectation was that once they, for them to get their money, for them to get their reimbursements back, they had to have 100% compliance with the vaccine. We were all expected, whether it, we had any religious uh, differences that we didn't have with it, where we had medical problems that we didn't want to do, or just ethically that we didn't want to do it, the expectation they had was that we did it. And most of us did. There was very few and far between. I think that Jesus actually had to come down and sign uh, people's religious uh, differences in order for a religion for them to be able to uh, have a religious declination. Like, I don't think I'm not very sure how many actually pass. I, I, honestly, I joke around and I say, but I think that Jesus had to come down and sign that himself and say, hey, I really don't think that this should happen because it, I don't think it flew. 
And then medical, maybe a little bit more when it came to pregnancy, because it wasn't so um, tested at that particular moment, right in the beginning stages, it wasn't, uh, there wasn't a lot of information. Um, and then afterwards, when people started having some cardiovascular issues, you know, there was a higher prevalence of heart attack and um, coagulation problems. I guess there is a way for medical, you know, for medical declinations at that point. But in the beginning, the expectation was that we all did it. So our our healthcare institutions had a lot of expectations on us. So I'm gonna go back and throw a little funny in there. Many of you probably had the expectation that this was going to be a podcast that maybe you had something on your mind and you thought that this was going to be the answer to it. And maybe some of you were, the question was answered and maybe some of you, it wasn't. Sometimes we just put expectations, even on the things that we look at, you know what I mean? We expect to go to a movie. Oh my God, I really want to go see this movie. I want to go see the Barbie movie. Let's just put an example. I want to go see the Barbie movie. Oh my God, it looks so cute. And then you go and your expectations are it's not good. You know, it was boring. It was stupid. It wasn't even, it didn't even make any sense. Our expectation was that, you know, we wanted to go in and see this movie. I mean, we put expectations. I mean, let's keep it real. We put expectations around everything in our lives. And I'm, I'm not saying that it's good or bad. I mean, again, you know, going back, I'm, I was talking about a specific situation and, you know, this podcast, the expectation that I have is to enlighten somebody with the issues travel, spirituality, funny, motherhood, relationship, everything around uh, my experiences. And, and that's why I started this. So today's podcast was actually because of that. And, and, and it just kept coming up that that conversation kept coming up in my head. You know, I, I, again, I, I go to my higher being and that conversation kept coming up in my head. Uh, what is this trying to prove to me? What is this trying to show me? And it's, and the only thing I come up with, no, I'm not uh, making it up in my head. It, it's not a crazy thing. It keeps coming up in my head for a reason, you know, that there is an expectation sometimes that we put in and I digress, you know, uh, uh, whether it's good, bad or indifferent, you know, we do put a level of expectation on situations, other people, our social media, our TVs, our phones, our lives. We put expectations all around us. And then sometimes we have to really control all the lead ourselves and, and put ourselves in a space where we're really thinking, are we being hard on ourselves? Not on another person. Let's say another person hurt you because they didn't live up to your expectation. It, it, it's not about that other person. Are you hurting yourself from your expectations? And again, there's another question that is not a, a I'm not going to uh, question and answer. It's just a question. Are you putting a lot of expectations on yourself in your life as a nurse travel, making sure that you have the next assignment, the next perfect assignment, if the next perfect destination that you're going to uh, equity that you're putting in a lot, you know, do you have a set expectation? Are we living too much for the future and not for the present? There's a lot of questions that you can relate to this topic. Again, it's not just one. Um, I kind of, like I said, squirreled a little bit into it, but you know, you get my point. If anybody wants to talk about it afterwards, please, I'm, I'm open to it, <laughs> but that's it for today. I just kind of wanted to get that little mini topic out Again, it helps me there. It's therapeutic for me and it may be therapeutic for somebody else. You know, you may be thinking 
now it, it triggers a, a mental no in your head that, wow, you know, whenever you put something, a, a hard expectation on something, you may think about, damn, Barb said that sometimes we put hard expectations. Let me stop and regroup and see what this is. You know, if I help one person, I'm okay. But anyway, until the next time, I thank you for tuning in. I thank you for following. I thank you for your ratings. I appreciate it. And if anybody has any comments, questions, or concerns, please email me. You know the email address. And with that being said, I'm out.